Hello, happy 2018 and welcome to edition 12 of Harmony UK podcast, the first this year. And isn't it great to be back after the holidays? was our very first tag of the new year at Capital Chorus. I recorded it on my phone and you can just hear how happy we all are to be singing together again after in our case three weeks away and I'm sure it was a feeling echoed in many many barbershop choruses across the land. Anyway I'm John Beasley and in the next half hour we'll be looking ahead to a couple of this year's big events. One of them is a special Harmony College organised by the British Association of Barbershop Singers. It's our 40th anniversary Harmony College this year, which when you think we're an organisation run fully by volunteers, to be able to provide that educational event once a year for 40 years is really something to celebrate, I think. And as Alan Hughes of Babs will be telling us, there's a very exciting lineup of events, activities and special guests. We'll also be meeting one of the star names who will be attending the Babs convention this year, a director who has some strong views on the importance of chorus warm-ups. In a lot of choruses, the warm-up is actually not a very important part of the rehearsal. In fact, there are many members that skip the warm-up every week, right? And for us, it's huge. Rob Mance will tell us what they do at Kansas City's Central Standard Chorus and how what he describes as essentially a social group of singers have achieved great success in US and international competition. Now, it's not often that we kick off a podcast about barbershop with some contemporary a cappella, but hey... One, two, three, four! Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle I want to ride my bicycle Bicycle, bicycle Queen's classic bicycle race there, performed by the Tectonics, an all-male modern a cappella group who met as students at Imperial College in London. So good were they that in 2016 they travelled to New York to win the World Collegiate A Cappella Championships. Now that's the real contest which was made famous by the movie Pitch Perfect. And the reason for starting off with them is by way of background, because four of the guys from the Tectonics recently moved from modern a cappella to barbershop. You may know them better as the quartet Sound Hypothesis. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by If you 
There they were, Sound Hypothesis, performing at last year's Babs Convention in Bournemouth. Well, shortly afterwards, they flew to Las Vegas and garnered another glittering prize, this time the Novice Varsity Award at BHS Internationals. Well, one of the many joys of singing barbershop is the chance to meet and talk to the star performers. So when Sound Hypothesis accepted an invitation to appear as guests at a concert organised by the aforementioned Capital Chorus in West London, uh, where I sing bass, I was able, after rehearsals, to collar them for a few words. I'm Aaron, I sing baritone. I'm Comrade, and I sing lead. I'm Essan, I sing tenor. I'm Alex, I sing bass. No, really? <laughs> yeah, no, for my sins. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's great to have the whole of Sound Hypothesis here. Uh, you're doing a concert tonight in, in West London, but just tell us a little bit about the, the, the quartet. How, how long have you been together, Alex? Like about a year and a half, pushing two years. But we've, we've sung together for um, a lot longer. We used to be part of a group, and Aaron still is, called the Tectonics, um, so a contemporary a cappella. Um, and so the barbershop just came about as a little side project from that. So a side project, but a side project which, which seems to have grown. Yeah, indeed. Um, grown quite quickly, which is really great. We've had a lot of fun uh, doing it and hopefully having some more fun going forward as well. I think quite a lot of people uh, in the barbershop world were, were surprised when you burst on the scene because, because you've come from, from contemporary a cappella, a lot of people hadn't heard of you. Did you notice that surprise as well? A little bit. I think we noticed it a bit in Vegas as well. I, uh, we were at the international convention. I, I heard kind of a lot of people sort of saying, oh, you know, they've just come out of nowhere from the contemporary a cappella scene. Like, where have they come from? And we sort of, I don't know, I, we didn't think it was that surprising. But we realized it's quite, uh, quite uncommon for groups to not come out of a chorus um, like ourselves. So, yeah, we've, we, we've, we've loved it. We've, we've had a great reception in the community. What are the big differences then? I mean, obviously you, you, you don't do as, as, as many vocal gymnastics, I'm guessing, and you certainly uh, don't do the vocal percussion in barbershop that they, they sometimes do in temporary a cappella. Yeah, uh, the, the tuning is a massive thing. All the things like um, you don't have to worry about so much about swipes and a cappella and get, getting all the chords to really, really ring is such an amazing part of barbershop. So which is, which is the technically more difficult to do? Well, I mean, to quote Take Sharon, the barbershop is the martial art of, um, of a cappella, um, and we definitely have found that. We're all, we're all very, very into the kind of uh, physical aspects. I actually studied physics, um, and we're all scientists because we went to Imperial, so we, we absolutely love all the kind of, I think, we, we like to think that we're, we're quite au fait with all of the kind of uh, mathematics of the tuning, and that definitely helps us, but at the end of the day, you know, you still have to, have to sing it, as everyone always <laughs> likes to remind us. <laughs> How far then can the science take you? Um, a long way, we think. We, we, really, we really do. I think where it helps for us is that, yeah, um, Aaron just kind of like said, let's all just go to the pub whilst, that, whilst Alex talks about tuning. But um, no, I think, I think where we find it really is when um, we're singing a song, everything's going along nicely, but then something won't be quite right. And we'll say, okay, let's have a look at what this chord is, let's break it down. And then we discover that it is, in fact, mathematically surprising and requires a choice um, to be made about how we tune it, how we approach it, how we come off that note, um, and then we're able to fix it. So it's more of a kind of, um, as I say, being able to fix things rather than thinking about it constantly. You've just been telling me about uh, barbershop and this, this famous phrase, the, the, the martial art of a cappella, but it's also really the unfashionable side of a cappella. When you look at all the TV shows, uh, we, we, we've just had one on BBC, there's a new a cappella show coming up on Sky. A lot of people trying to sort of ape pitch perfect at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's partially to do with the fact that in terms of barbershop, there's, there's kind of a little bit of a limit sometimes in terms of popular music because the barbershop lends itself to a certain type of harmony and, and wonderful melodies, which 
uh, it's a shame to say, but they don't seem to be that common in popular music these days. So when you have things like a cappella, that we can have kind of very uh, drum-based or kind of you know bassy songs, things that are kind of textural and interesting, then that's I think that's getting a kind of big reception on TV because the kind of popular take on it. But we love we love what what barbershop does um, for us harmonically and melodically. That popular take, as you as you put it, is, is it working against barbershop? Do you think in the in the public mind? Um, no, I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. People like us came from a cappella, and now we are here with barbershop. So I think there's definitely room for crossover, and I think barbershop is definitely getting bigger and bigger each year as well. I think groups like when groups like Vocal Spectrum and Ringmasters have a very fun edge to songs and keep pushing boundaries of arrangements and choreography and everything like that. I think it's definitely still growing very good. So I don't think a cappella is in competition with barbershop. Now that it's your birthday, I don't know what to do. I can't give you a Thunderbird or a penthouse with a view. too broke I find but there is one way I can save the day and I hope that you don't mind that I can't give you anything but love baby that's the only thing I plenty of, baby. I was going to ask you guys, which are, which are the quartets then that you admire from the barbershop world? I don't know, I guess Ringmasters really spring to mind. We do a couple of their songs, we're going to do a couple of their songs tonight. And I think the fact that they're sort of relatively young guys as well kind of helps us to, I don't know, relate, maybe relate a bit more to them. And also the fact that they're, you know, they're big and they're not from the US as well, I think is, is a big plus. Not that, you know, being from the US is a bad thing, obviously. But then obviously groups, as Essan said, like Vocal Spectrum, Crossroads, all the big, all the big names. Is, is there a split then in the, in, in the quartet as, as, as to, to, to who likes what kind of quartet? Well, I think, um, yeah, Aaron's nodding. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my favorite quartets uh, tend to be a little bit more old school, uh, sort of Boston Common, second edition. But I think actually the thing that marks them out for me is the quality of the lead because I'm always a big, I've always been a big Frank Sinatra uh, fan and I feel that it's sort of a lead like Rick Knapp and um, the Harrington brothers in second edition, they, they've kind of got that bit beefier lead voice which um, I think it probably just comes from the fact that I wish I could be a lead. <laughs> Let's ask the lead about that. Yeah, uh, well you can tell that I've got a beautiful rich uh, Frank Sinatra tones my voice, uh, it really comes out in every song we sing. No, I think in that respect, I mean I as a lead, like, I've definitely got quite a lightness to my voice, uh, which I'm trying to kind of, it's been a long journey to kind of find the right place for my voice and try and stop myself from trying to sing like this because that's how everyone else sings and try and, you know, find where my voice sits and kind of exploit that in the group. So, yeah, it's been a journey. You, you have, have won the, um, the International uh, Varsity uh, Prize this year, so officially Best University Barbershop Quartet, I guess, on the planet. but. How many of you graduated now? Well, there's only one of us at university still, so three of us have graduated. Um, the Varsity Award is technically speaking for groups under 25, I believe I'm right in saying. So we, it's just kind of for the upper end of the, the youth spectrum. I, I believe it used to be called, in fact, the, the college 
the college award and they changed it to varsity to, to, to reflect the fact that it, you don't just have to go to university to sing barbershop. So yeah, we, we are, I suppose, technically the, uh, the best new young group in the world. See, I was just wondering, if, if you are graduating, doesn't that make it much more difficult to keep the quartet together? <laughs> oh, I'm not the person to ask this. <laughs> so, in, in fact, um, we are having a personnel change. Esan, this is Esan's last concert with us. Um, he's, uh? he's graduated and he's moving uh, back to Reading. Um, but this is, so this is his last hurrah. But fear not, the, the quartet is going to continue. We're going to miss you, Esan. Yeah, I'm going to miss you guys too. We're going to miss you guys too, but they're going to go far. Well, we're looking forward to seeing much more from the other three of you and your new replacement. Can you, can you tell us exclusively who it is? <laughs> it's a, a, a dear friend of all of us, all four of us, called um, Aaron Bayless Chambers. So, Sound Hypothesis goes on into the 21st century, into 2018. It sure does. Just brilliant sound hypothesis recorded in Las Vegas, singing David Harrington's arrangement of Michael Jackson's She's Out of My Life. You've also heard the other song from that BHS international set, I Can't Give You Anything But Love, and just before the interview, an excerpt from Hello My Baby, sung in Bournemouth at the Babs Quartet semi-finals. Well, let's stay with Babs now, the British Association of Barbershop Singers. Uh, the annual convention is, of course, one of the two big annual events, the other being Harmony College. One, two, three! There she goes, just a-walking down the street, just snapping her fingers and shuffling her A sound snapshot from the 39th annual Harmony College last year in Nottingham as an audition chorus of more than 50 singers tackled another David Harrington arrangement, this time When My Sugar Walks Down the Street. For two days, the chorus had been intensively coached by David's brother Doug, formerly, of course, the director of the Stockholm Chorus 08. Well, this August, Harmony College will mark its 40th anniversary in a number of very special ways. 
My name's Alan Hughes, I'm the Music Services Director for the British Association of Barbershop Singers, which means I look after Harmony College, Directors Academy and a few other things. And you have a very special Harmony College coming up uh, this August. We do indeed, yeah. It's our 40th anniversary Harmony College this year, which when you think we're an organisation run fully by volunteers, to be able to provide that educational event once a year for 40 years is really something to celebrate, I think. And I gather you're pulling out the stops, so tell us us what's going to be special about this 40th anniversary. Oh, we are, yes. Well, um, we're trying to make it as attractive as possible for as many people to come and celebrate with us so the first thing we've got we've got um, Vocal Spectrum coming to join us uh, not only to teach but also to sing on the Saturday night show we've got two audition choruses year instead of one last year the audition chorus sold out within a few weeks so the de- we're hoping the demand is there to run two and the directors we've got to run those are absolutely fantastic we have got the director of the Ambassadors of Harmony uh, Johnny Maroney coming over to lead one of them and then the other director we've got is Justin Miller, who's a director of Masters of Harmony and Westminster Chorus. So real top-flight directors then. That, that is, yeah. is going to lead to a, to a bit of a deluge of applications, I'd have thought. Oh, well, that's what we're hoping for, <laughs> yes. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, watch this space, because uh, I think it's going to be one of our most in-demand uh, it, colleges for that it, stream. It's one of those things, isn't it, that Harmony College has... Uh, a history of getting some of the best directors from the United States. I was there uh, first year of the audition chorus when, when Jack Pinto was running it, and you've had some really great names since. What is it that attracts them, do you think? I think as I think our reputation as an organisation throughout the world is really strong, so I think that definitely helps. I also think most of the, the directors in America, Barbershop is a very giving hobby to be a part of and most of these guys, you know, they don't do it for money, they don't do it for glory, they do it because they want to help and so pretty much most of the American directors you speak to, they're always very happy to help and come and teach and they're very keen to do that. Um, and I think that's one of the great parts of being a barbershop singer is the, that kind of giving environment. So I think that's why really. Now a few years ago, of course, Babs dropped its youth chorus, but I gather that's due for a comeback too. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we're going to bring back uh, the youth chorus. In, in some way, we've not quite finalised it yet, but um, I myself uh, grew up singing in the youth chorus, so it's something that I hold very dear to my heart and it's something that for various reasons as a stream at Harmony College didn't quite work cost was probably the biggest reason but I'm trying desperately to find a way of making it work at Harmony College again because it's just a fantastic opportunity for young people to sing together. Where are the recruits going to come from because most choruses still have older members there aren't that many very young members around Singing Barbershop. Yeah, well, I think recently in the last few years we've had a real upsurge of university groups that have been there springing up around the country and I think we, so we're going to try and tap into, into that market and get those along. We'd love to get those singing together more and meeting each other. And I think in general, if, if we look at the figures, I think we've got enough to make a good chorus and I think the popularity of Barbershop with young people is, is still growing and on the up, I feel. So... A lot going on then. How are you going to ensure that there really is a celebratory feel to this and, and it doesn't feel like a, a normal um, Harmony College but just, just a tiny bit bigger? Yeah, well, I think I think the, the size of it, like you say, it's a bit bigger. The educators we've got are really world-class. I mean, I drew up a wish list and thankfully the guys that were on my wish list were able to come. But the other thing that we're doing, the Saturday night, it's going to have uh, a more of a celebratory feel. We're actually going to move the Saturday night show to outside and it's going to feel like a summer music festival, the proms in the park kind of thing with food and drink there and it's going to have a real kind of festival celebration vibe. We're also going to be celebrating um, some of the people in the past who have run Harmony College and some of the educators that we've had over. We're going to be honouring those and thanking those again and uh, hopefully you know celebrate 40 years and then uh, look forward to the next 40 years and more 
Is this to some extent a, a, a response to the fact that things are becoming a bit more competitive in the summer? Not only have you got Harmony College, there's Harmony Camp, and there are, there are various other diversions um, uh, going on that, that, that barbershoppers can, can now go to that they couldn't before. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, and I think that's uh, absolutely fantastic because you know, my best friends are in barbershop and to see them as much as I can and celebrate with them mm. is what we all want to do. Um, and to be honest, I don't think it is. I, I was challenged by the board of directors um, to create Harmony College that was the most exciting one that you, you kind of can't afford to miss and hope, hope, I'm hoping that that's what I've achieved it is going to have that celebratory vibe but Harmony College has that anyway anyone who's ever been always comments on how uh, what a fantastic environment and atmosphere there is anywhere so we're just building on that really I don't feel like we're in competition or anything with these people I think if you love barbershop like I do you want to try and just come to as many things as you can so we've just got to make sure that it's attractive and it's affordable for people and then I think people will come along well have a, a, a great uh, summer we'll very much look forward to this this 40th anniversary Alan, thank yes, you very me much. too thank you very much A spirited performance from those 50-odd singers in last year's Harmony College audition chorus. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a little friendly rivalry developing uh, between the two audition choruses this summer. Uh, Registration for Harmony College normally opens in April. Do keep an eye on the BABS website for further details. Now, the final guest on this 12th Harmony UK podcast was among the educators at last year's Harmony College. Rob Mance enjoyed it so much that he's agreed to bring his chorus over for the 2018 Babs Convention in Harrogate in May. It's a chorus which took the bronze medal at BHS Internationals in Las Vegas. I had a dream, a dream about you, baby, it's gonna come true, baby. Hi, my name is Rob Mance. I am the director of Central Standard Chorus, um, originally from Montreal, Quebec, and in Canada. Now I live in Kansas City, Missouri, where I've been for the last nine years. Uh, as I said, I direct a, a chorus called Central Standard. I also direct a women's chorus called Vocal Standard. Uh, the sister chorus of Central Standard formed about uh, a year ago. And, and you were telling me it's your first time at uh, Harmony College here in Nottingham. What do you make of it? Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's an incredible event. I've had colleagues that have taught here before, colleagues from North America, David Wright, a few other people, and for years they've been telling me about this experience and that there's an amazing thing happening here in the UK and that the Babs Harmony College is just an exceptional event with exceptional people 
and and they've been encouraging me to to come here for a long time and, and I was thrilled to be invited here this year and um, man were they not wrong it, I and they've been working you hard, I know, because you've been doing personal development and you've also been involved in some of the breakout sessions, one of which I went to earlier on today. You seem fairly keen to debunk some of the traditional things that we do in barbershop warm-ups. So, a lot of people will come up to me and say, so how does your chorus achieve the sound that they achieve? And, and the answer that I give is most of that, 90% or more, actually comes from the chorus warm-up. And a lot of choruses, the warm-up is actually not a very important part of the rehearsal. In fact, there are many members that skip the warm-up every week, right? And for us, it's huge because it's where we develop the ensemble skills of the chorus and of each section. And it's also where we set the level for the entire rest of the night. If we, you know, warm up in tune, guess what? We're going to sing in tune the rest of the night. If we warm up flat, guess what else is probably going to happen? We're going to sing flat the rest of the night. So the warm-up is unbelievably key to the success of any chorus. And, and certainly, I, I have a, a pretty big barbershop background. I also have a pretty big you know, choral and classical background as well. And, and certainly, what I've learned in barbershop has informed what I do classically and vice versa. And, and I think there's certainly some opportunities for choruses to make the warm-ups even more effective so that we're really instilling the best possible and most efficient vocal technique in our singers and and we can do that through various means but the warm-up is going to be a big part of it what are the the key tips then if somebody wants to improve their warm-up and get the best out of their singers and as you say be, be more efficient absolutely so one is become an absolute nerd about learning everything you can possibly learn about the voice. The more that we know about the voice, the more effective we will become as leaders and the more relevant instruction and more accurate instruction that gets, you know, a more universally positive response from our singers. That's number one. Number two is that we should always know why we're doing every single exercise. So every single exercise has a specific purpose. We're never just doing this exercise because the chorus down the road does it. We know exactly why we're doing it. And why we're doing it is informed by recordings of previous rehearsals and our short-term goals. What are some short-term goals for our chorus now? Do we want our baritones to sing higher thirds or our leads to be fuller in their lower register, for example? Well, if those are some of our objectives, we're gonna design warm-ups that address those concerns so that we set those behaviors at the beginning of the rehearsal and hopefully those behaviors, and probably those behaviors, will be carried forward for the rest of the night. I would also, just maybe one last point, would say that it's my strong belief that whoever's doing the bulk of the rehearsal should be the person warming up the chorus. And most of the time that's gonna be the, the musical director of the chorus. Why is that? Well. It's, you know, I like to equate it to a classroom teacher. Would a classroom teacher ever find some random assistant out in the hallway and say, hey, you know what? I want you to start the first 10 minutes of my class and I'm gonna make some notes and lesson plan over here and I'll see you in 10 minutes. What would we expect to return to? We would expect to return to absolute chaos, right? And so as a school teacher, what do we do? We have the assignment up on the board. We have work sitting on their desk. We're greeting each student at the door. What are we doing? We're setting the expectation. We're setting the energy, the mood, the pacing, everything that's going to happen for the rest of the class. And if we don't, as school teachers, if we don't do a good job of setting that, 
our class can be pandemonium for the rest of the time. And for the exact same reasons, I believe it's whoever is the person who's doing most of the rehearsal, that's our opportunity to establish a connection with our singers. And, you know, for that reason, among others, I think it's, it's the most effective option most of the time if it's the musical director that does the warm-up. If you have a director who's fabulous with interpretation, has great hands, and can get really into the story and the meaning of music, and your assistant director has a, you know, some sort of grad degree in music education, is a, a vocal music educator in the classroom by day. So yes, maybe then it makes sense to have your assistant do the warm-up, but then what that demands is huge communication between the musical director and the assistant director. So that the assistant director is doing a warm-up that focuses on the skills that the music director is going to be working later in the rehearsal. Today's the day, today is the day, and I'm gonna take a stand, and no one's gonna take it away. No one can take it away. Listen to what I say, cause I'm through with people dragging me down, and I'm through with life just tossing me around. The band will play, and the drums will sound, cause my time is now. Central Standard with Don't Rain on My Parade, one of the songs which brought them such success last year. Well, one of the things which makes this chorus stand out on the risers is the way the singers spread out. They take up so much more room than most of their rivals. I asked Rob Mance why. Some people see that and think that's kind of a new thing. It actually really isn't. It's been the subject of, of much academic study over the years. And what they've found is that by putting a little bit more space between singers, we can really dramatically and positively change the sound of a chorus. So there are a couple reasons for that. One is if we are singing shoulder to shoulder, as many choruses do, who is each member hearing well, the two people who are singing right in their ears. And comparatively, they're hearing a lot less of the rest of the ensemble. And then the other reason is if we have two people directly in our ears, is that then, just like at a crowded bar, which is actually kind of what we're close to right now. Indeed, yes. yes. <laughs> very close. <laughs> yeah, very close to a crowded bar. Um, if you're at a crowded bar and you're trying to have a conversation, or if you're at an office party, what do you have to do? You have to speak over the noise floor to be heard. So. It's the exact same concept. If you have two people right in your ear, you have to sing a little bit more to be able to hear yourself. And what that leads to is a less efficient vocal production. So by putting more room between our singers, we're able to hear more of the ensemble and we're not having to sing over anybody. Everyone's able to use their instrument without compromise. And what we find is that, one, we have, not only do we have a bigger visual impact, we can hear across the risers a lot better. Uh, sometimes if we have dropped microphones from the ceiling, we get to stand under all the microphones, which is important for sound reinforcement reasons. But also the cumulative effect of that is that we actually, paradoxically, almost, end up with uh, what some people have described as a roar, or the, the, the perception in almost every chorus that we've done this with is that the sound of the group might double or triple just by adding some more space between our singers. We avoid the competition, and so 
we end up with voices that are reinforcing each other more and we get rid of a lot of the noise and the sound. I have to ask you in that case, would you like to see amplification removed and, 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 and large choruses particularly just, just relying on, on their own sound? We could do that with specific performance venues. If you had a venue that was specifically designed you know, for live music without amplification, so there are concert halls, opera halls, symphony halls that are really designed for that, where you can sit anywhere in the house, and I don't know if you've been in one of these before, but you can have somebody stand on stage and pretty much literally whisper, and you can sit anywhere in this house, in any seats, in a huge hall with a couple thousand seats and you can hear them like they're standing right next to you and so there are some venues where that would be possible most of the venues where we hold our contests make sound reinforcement an absolute necessity where the audience would not be able to hear the groups well enough if we didn't have sound reinforcement so it would be a luxury but sometimes budgets come into play and we need to go with the reality of the situation i will tell you though as a, a judge in the barbershop harmony society there's maybe been, over the years, uh, getting close to 20 years now, maybe four or five contests where we have been in one of those venues and they haven't used amplification. And man, do I love it. It's fantastic. So what did Rob think would make the difference between last year's third place and perhaps a gold medal next time round? That's really interesting. And I think just off the top of my head, I would say, I don't know that the chorus is actually super interested in that answer. It's, we compete as a chorus and we enjoy competition, but at our heart, we are not a contest chorus. We are a social chorus which would probably surprise many people. But if you ask the members of my chorus, what is the thing that you love most about being in this chorus? I think a grand total of zero people would say contest. We are through and through a social chorus to the point where our rehearsal hall is not very ideal. But we've chosen to stick with that rehearsal hall because we have a fantastic afterglow spot, two blocks down, that serves pizza and beer and stays open for us. So we've literally chosen a you know, non-ideal rehearsal spot. Why? For a better afterglow spot. We are actually a social chorus. And so, you know, what will the future hold for competition? I'm not sure. Are we going to keep working for it? Absolutely. But are we going to continue being a family, being brothers together, and enjoying each other's company, yes, that's, that's, that's I think, our biggest priority as a chorus.
Rob Mance and Central Standard Chorus from Kansas City, who I'm sure we're all looking forward to seeing at Babs Convention in Harrogate in May. They bring this edition of Harmony UK podcast to a close. Uh, just a couple of weeks before the Babs Convention, of course, it's the annual barbershop convention of Sweet Adeline's Region 31. Now, I'm going to be going there for my very first time, and I'm really, really looking forward to bringing you all the excitement in our next scheduled podcast from what promises to be a tremendous weekend of competition and song at the Sage in Gateshead. For now, though, thanks very much for listening. If you have any comments, thoughts or suggestions for the future, uh, then do email them to me. Uh, The address is harmonyukpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at harmonyukpod or drop me a message on the Harmony UK podcast page on Facebook. Until next time, from me, John Beasley, keep the whole world singing and bye-bye for now.